Howdy guys, how's it going? It's Kyle here, another episode of Crazy Talk, and I have actually got my older brother Chad back on the line with us. How's it going, Chad? Doing wonderful, man. Glad to be here again. Feels like a treat. Fantastic, man. Glad to have you. So guys, today we are going to talk about one of my favorite things, uh, video games. Um, we're actually going to uh, you know, talk a little bit about you know, kind of its role in society, how it's changed over time, and just all kinds of interesting stuff that you know Chad and I have talked about before, and I think it's just uh, interesting enough to share. You guys might just like it, because um, obviously we grew up playing video games together. You know, starting with the uh, NES, Super Nintendo, you know, all the way up to N64 and PS2, and then uh, you know I've pretty much kept going, play just about anything and everything nowadays. Uh, and uh, Chad recently just got back into gaming, so. I got a got a decent experience with it uh, and to draw on and and also stuff that we've read about and whatnot. So uh, Chad, you and I were just talking before, uh, just before the podcast here, about um, about some stuff related to that and how it you know uh, affects people like as far as personality wise and I think you said addiction or something like that. You wanna you wanna walk us through that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intimately fascinated with um, you know the psychology behind video games and. Uh, like to do research on the topic lately i've been um really digging in a little bit but uh it's interesting because um like we've talked about before video games in society can a lot of times be um portrayed as negative violent um wastes of time um not being productive antisocial, on and on and on so to dig into it and do, do research and try to find um both sides of the argument uh, there has been real people uh, you know, that have dealt with the addiction side and, you know, they found ways to, you know, slow down. But um, I wonder if it's more of an addictive personality versus video games specifically being an addictive product. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times we try to label things um, and it's really more about the balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting point. I think about that a lot. You know, you hear, I feel like a, the word addiction and the concept of it has gotten watered down because it's, I think, started to get thrown around so much um, for all kinds of different things and say that these vices we have are because it's an addiction, you know, whether it's people being addicted to video games, you know, uh, sex addicts, you know, sex addiction and or whatever else. And, and I feel like a lot of times now where people are starting to use it a bit too much, almost like an excuse for uh, letting yourself be carried away with a behavior in excess. Um, so yeah. I think the ad addictive personality is probably a uh, you know more likely explanation for it. I'm sure there is some you know actual psychological instances of it, but I feel like those are probably the rare ones. Um, like with video games, like most things, I feel like it's more a concept of you use it. You know, <clears throat> do you play video games as a hobby, you know, for recreation, or do you really just lose yourself to video games as a way to escape uh, from your real life? Uh, and I feel like that's kind of where the distinction comes in. Yeah. Well, another thing that's interesting is the community aspect. Um, and you have more experience in this, Kyle, so I'm going to throw it to you. But the idea of video games being very seclusive and, um, you know, kind of like the guy sitting in his room all in a dark cave by himself. But nowadays, it's actually become more of a community, especially with things like World of Warcraft, where you're like doing challenges together. You're bonding through um, people that you become even more friends with some of the people that you interact with. And the real world, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, from your experience. Yeah, well, actually, um, it's funny, I, 
most of my life, most of the time I've been playing games since I was a kid, uh, I've always been more inclined to play multiplayer games. Um, you know, I've had times in my life where I play, you know, there's some good single-player games out there where you are just kind of sitting by yourself playing through a really engrossing, uh, you know, story and things like that that are just for one person. You know, it's not really a, an experience meant to uh, be playing with other people. But I, my nowadays especially, I play virtually zero games uh, that I can't play with other people. I just, I don't know, I feel like if I'm going to play games, I want it also to be an interactive, you know, and a social experience. And most of the time, yep. I won't play something unless I'm actually playing with someone I know. Uh, sometimes, like, I actually play World of Warcraft. Uh, just recently got back into it. A lot of fun. Um, obviously very social. That's kind of the whole point of it is it's all, pretty much all people running around. Um, and, but even with that and other games like it, I, I prefer to play with people I know. Um, you know, and which is fun, especially I've got some friends that live in, in different parts of the country and stuff, and that's one way we'll get on the phone or we'll just get on, you know, put some headsets on or whatever, play games together. Uh, and it's the version of, it's a new version of what we used to do as kids, which is all go to each other's house and sit down and play a game together uh, in the living room. Right. So I, I definitely agree with that. It's actually, I think, the stereotype of the gamer sitting alone in his basement, you know, with a neck beard. And not having any friends is uh, very, very, very far from reality, especially nowadays. It's video games have become a lot more mainstream, uh, and something that you know adults do more too. Yeah, and that that's a good segue to talk to the next beer. You know, I'm thinking about like somebody kind of unhealthy in a in a dark room, and uh, like health health with video games. You know, yeah. um, but not only just physical health, but mental health. You know, and um, some of the things that I. I did some research, you know, showed in, in laboratories that vision, um, basically, you know, the idea of like your vision gets worse if you play too video games too often, right? Uh, but they actually have these studies where they're showing uh, people who are able to distinguish uh, variants of color better than the controlled group um, after, you know, I, I'm not the scientist, but I don't know all the actual hours that they put into video games, but something like maybe an hour a day for a couple of weeks is what they were doing. Um, and people could, um, yeah, distinguish gray and like, you know, just, um, a whole, a whole lot of visual improvements after just uh, a short period, but also, um, being able to change between tasks much quicker than others that were non-gamers, which is interesting. Cause if you think about it in, um, real, real world, world situations, uh, the better that you're able to, you know, respond to something immediately or have, you know, a, a reaction to something that you want want planning planning on happening and you know that can play out to lots of fields of work or you know situations and danger in society so it's interesting those ways that you will become better from playing the video games do actually incorporate back into society as a, a win for everybody you know yeah definitely uh, and it's funny you bring up you know the um, vision thing because I've actually read too and I mean I, I could say I've experienced it myself um, it's kind of an interesting thing is um, as far as a skill that you kind of develop or a sense that you hone through video games, through some video games, is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like hand-eye coordination and reaction times. They've done some studies on that, too. And specifically, one uh, specific genre, which is huge, is, you know, first-person shooters like Call of Duty, the obvious one, most popular that everyone plays. Um, they actually done studies and found that people can uh, track objects um, kind of like what you were saying, but uh, also with color, like being able to identify, you know, pick things out, um, you know, of a picture quicker and being able to track objects with their eyes faster and 
actually having slightly improved reaction times, you know, with people who were playing the game a lot versus people who didn't, didn't play it, the control group. Um, yeah. So I just, and my uh, personal experience, my anecdotal that I would say uh, kind of supports that is <clears throat> if I haven't played, you know, because I'll go through periods where I play a lot of first-person shooters and I'll go through a period where I'm playing other kind of games. And it's funny, I'll notice when I haven't played in a while and I get back into it, man, I'm sluggish and I'm, you know, out of practice, so to speak, and everything. And then once I'm playing for a while, I, no I start noticing I get much more precise with my movements and I can, uh, you know, uh, react a lot quicker. And, it, you know, it's just I can notice the improvement in me being able to, you know, uh, track things with my eyes, the hand-eye coordination and reactions and stuff like that. So um, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, everyone just try to – the. Uh, opponents of video games try to talk about it like it's just a net loss it's nothing but a waste of time and it has no benefit to people whatsoever and i'm not saying that video games are like a net gain health-wise or <laughs> you know, for your life um because it's entertainment just like watching a movie isn't you know you're not going to do enough studies to convince me that everyone should play video games because it's just better for your quality of life but um i think it's ignorant to say that it's just a net loss yeah well you know and before i die a little uh, did a little digging, I would probably agree with you, but um, there's actually uh, a lot of research that's showing that um, there's certain games that are being made for um, uh, burn victims, uh, I read about, where they are oh. using using a certain VR, a virtual reality headset, and these um, these patients in hospitals that are, that are going through the treatment of being a burn victim, which is horrible. It's like one of the worst, I guess, in, in the hospital, right? Yeah, but um, when they're when they're playing these games that were designed, you know, they're like in a snow kind of forest and they're throwing snowballs, they're building a snow in a virtual reality. And they said that they've had studies um, that resulted in 30 to 50% um, of pain reduction for the patients um, that were in the studies. I'm trying to make sure I wow. say it right. But basically, they went through these, um, I don't know how many month long trials they did. But they had these um, kids playing the games, and they um, reported a thirty to fifty percent reduction in pain. And so the cause of that, they were saying, is when your mind is preoccupied with so much like stimulus of like an adventure that you're on, say mentally, your your brain doesn't have enough capacity to process all of that data and all the data of pain at the same time. So it actually starts to kind of force out some of the pain, so it makes room to oh. process all the data of the adventure that, which is really fascinating. Yeah, it's I'm taking your mind off it. I mean, that's, uh, you know, old as the hills as far as a concept for dealing with pain. <coughs> dealing with pain. Um, you know, do something to take your mind off it, think about something else. But, you know, as far as, uh, it's funny you mentioned the part about, you know, your brain only being able to process so much and everything like that uh, and how that, uh, you know, all that sensory uh, input can affect your body and everything. Uh, another, speaking of first-person shooters again, interesting thing I was reading um, was as far as adrenaline and the way body use the you know our bodies use adrenaline, create adrenaline, just the, our whole adrenal system. Um, uh, was reading a thing that talking about uh, like first-person shooters being something that <coughs> excuse me uh, puts people often in a state of uh, you know an adrenaline like a heightened adrenaline state. For very prolonged periods of time, um, you know, and actually they've had like, you know, uh, been studied and included military veterans in these studies talking about, you know, that were playing and stuff and would equate those kinds of adrenaline levels to, you know, combat 
obviously it's not the same, but as far as just the adrenaline levels, the adrenaline rush you get and what that does to your focus and attention and energy and stuff like that in the moment. Um, and typically those kind of adrenaline levels, uh, you would see would be, I mean, they'd be rather brief for the most part. I mean, you ask people who have actually, uh, been in war and things like that. Firefights aren't typically really long drawn out encounters. So the adrenaline there is usually in spikes. Uh, whereas they found in, you know, people playing first person shooters can actually experience a heightened level of adrenaline for, you know, prolonged periods of time. And frankly, that's something that, you know, they were basically saying, we don't really know what to think about that yet. Uh, it's just an observation, uh, that we have to extrapolate from, but that's something the body is definitely not used to, or that we're not used to seeing in the human body. So it kind of remains to be seen if that would have like long-term effects or things like that. Yeah. Kyle, do you, have you heard of an epic win? It's in like the gaming community. Apparently, it's like a term. There's this video. I keep going back to this brilliant girl named uh, Jane McGonagall, and she was talking about an epic win. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that in gaming? Um, I mean, not necessarily in the form of being like a meme or something like that, or a. a yeah, what comment. she was saying, um, she was calling an epic win was a big part of World of, World of Warcraft and some of those online uh, community playing games. Mm-hmm. Is Right when you're on the verge of completing something that was, you know, beforehand unknown that it was even possible. It's something that you accomplish yeah. that um, you, know, you get that, this really rush of, like, satisfaction and um, pride. But it's something that you didn't even know that you could accomplish. So it's like an epic win. Um, she was talking about that and the, the psychological benefits of that through video games of, like, just building uh, competent, uh, excuse me, competence within the individual, you know, and like uh, self-confidence yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how the, the mind is playing the video game as well as the body. Likewise, when you turn the video game off, um, if you've upgraded your mind, then it carry over, you know? Yeah. Oh, that, I've never really thought about it like that. That kind of makes sense, though. I mean, you know, there's always been talking about the you know, release of endorphins and everything, especially like World of Warcraft. They've more or less perfected the idea of, you know, uh, dangling the carrot in front of you, you know, <laughs> right. it's a whole bunch of, uh, very quick short-term rewards and things, you know, complete this little quest and, you know, get this item and, uh, you know, gain a level and, and so, so, and so wrong, no, but don't you have, um, the challenges are right at your skill level, right? Like you meet other people and you find things that are just right past what you've done, right? Just a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you're usually, it's it's a progression system, and it's it's meant to be, yeah. you're constantly just moving up a little at a time, you know, little bumps and everything, which are, you know, there's a whole bunch of little things, and every once in a while, a little bigger bump, and, you know, and uh, sometimes something random will happen, you know, you get a, really find a really cool item or something like that, you know, cool piece of gear, uh, which is a good yeah. feeling, and those are just kind of, like I said, the carrot. But kind of what you're talking about, the epic win thing, I would, um, like in World of Warcraft, just to keep using that example, they've got achievements too, which are um, kind of meta things that you can do in the game, meta challenges as far as like, uh, it's a collection of going to these different places and doing these different things, or sometimes doing something that's kind of random that you wouldn't likely do in the normal course of the game. Uh, And they're, you know, you can look them up and they're listed in the game, but sometimes there are you know, hidden bosses and hidden achievements and things like that. And I could see that being something where someone stumbles across it, uh, didn't even know it was a thing, come across this unique new challenge and then are able to complete it. You know, that's, I've had some minor versions of that and that is quite a rush. It's, it's a, get that feeling of accomplishment. 
which I'm sure can. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about this earlier today. When you play video games, you literally are getting some kind of um, feeling of progress, right? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, okay. real, not real, your mind is getting a, 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 the whole shebang of like, I'm, I'm making progress at something in life, you know? Yep. So there's that aspect. But the other side, which is really interesting, is in video games, it's all like you're saying, step by step. But in life, you know, the obstacles that come at us sometimes are way below what, you know, we can handle and sometimes way above. Yep. There's no really like meters, you know, life is a little bit chaos where it's like, yeah, it's we don't know when we get up and get out the door, what kind of obstacles are coming today. But in a video game, you know that it's it's going to be something crazy. And even like a big, huge boss is coming. He might take a lot. You might have to retry, you know, whatever. But it's not going to be so far with outside of the realm of what you can physically and mentally wrap your head around beat otherwise it wouldn't be there because you would just give up at some point you know what yeah. i mean yeah and developers and have so to balance that because just to get a little bit past your comfort zone you know what i mean and keep doing that keep doing that yeah and i mean and that's definitely something developers wrestle with like some games you know are very casual games where there's little to no challenge people just kind of do it almost mindlessly you know just kind of going through the motions but it's fun you know uh, bright colors and stuff and then there are games like there's a game called dark souls it's a whole franchise now that their whole thing now it's it's an awesome game it looks great and everything uh, really well made but kind of what they become known for is being brutally difficult like completely unforgiving you you know yeah. you will die over and over and over again <laughs> playing that game and it's really challenging so it's not for the faint of heart but there's a you know yeah. heightened reward in accomplishing that stuff like you can see videos online of people playing that and they'll beat this boss that they tried you know to beat like legitimately 30 plus times kept dying and finally beat it and they just flip out man they just lose it in a good way and it's hilarious um but one thing yeah, too much investment, you know some people in these games really yeah um yeah and but one thing i was going to say as far as the the constant little rewards like in world of warcraft the, the flip side of that you know i could see the epic win thing maybe you know uh, some positive ramifications for that but one thing that's a problem with video games and again world of warcraft's just the best example because they've been around forever and they've kind of perfected it with that constant little reward instant gratification thing and just you know always just little breadcrumbs uh that you're constantly getting little rewards and little bursts of endorphins there's it's yeah. all instant gratification there's very little if any delayed gratification in video games in general there definitely can yeah. be some you know but for the, for the most part it it is all reinforced instant gratification you know very short term choice right you know life is not is not a choice so you, you got to go through it even matter how hard it gets but if they make the game too tough you know there, there's that push away point i yeah. guess yeah, absolutely, and that's why you know you play to the audience and developers. Like I was saying with that game, Dark Souls, that definitely turns off a lot of people who are like, "Nah, heck no, man. I, that's I just get frustrated. That's not I'm not gonna waste my time getting pissed off at a video game because I can't beat it. You know what I mean? That's not why I play games. Yeah. Other people crave yeah. that challenge. You know what I mean? They don't want something they can just walk through mindlessly. Um, I'd say I'm kind of <coughs> excuse me, kind of towards the wanting a challenge in a little bit more. Um, yeah, but not definitely not one of the hardcore people that just plays every game on the hardest absolute setting and mode that you can possibly do. Because if I get too frustrated, if I just can't do it, I'm not going to beat my uh -huh. head against the wall for weeks trying to just be able to be Hello. competent at it. 
I, I dabble my toes as I get in the water of a game. I'll be honest. I start easy, and then, like, as I work through, I have to babysit things, man, because even, like, learning skateboard, learning guitar, lots of things, like, I'd have to baby step it, because otherwise, like, if I, if I try to go too fast, you get frustrated and hurt or both, you know. And, just drop um, it. So I definitely, because you, I was just giggling, because I know when we were younger, you would always beat me, but I would <laughs> be the older brother, so I'd get closer, and then I'm supposed to win because I'm the older brother, but I just more than you and uh, that's how <laughs> <laughs> yeah man oh god good times so hey there's the social aspect too you know even among siblings we had a playing back in the day you know being able to play games together the ones that we could play together and then i don't know if yes. you recall but i definitely remember the uh you know times where it's like you know what i don't i don't want to play with you right now i'm, I'm tired of playing with you go yeah. play go play something else <laughs> yeah and, and we got to the point where we get majority multiplayer games to alleviate that, you know. And yeah. here's let's talk about this though: social bonding. When you go through something with someone, um, and you know, even th that was part of this talk I heard earlier as well. Even if someone beats you really badly, if you play a game with someone, you're more likely you, you become friends with them. You know yeah. what I mean? You have an experience with them. And the thing about gaming, dude, I got a lot of cool stuff. Um, I know we, we only have so much time, but um, so even if they beat you really badly, you both gave up your time to each other. You had trust in the other that you're going to play by the same rules and play until the very end. Um, and you play fair, you know? Yeah. And that's the only thing, you know? And well, then if you're on the same team and you go through any kind of, like, battle or struggle, if you go through that with someone on your side, you become so much stronger with that person, you know? Yeah. But people work together, you know? Become friends and stuff. You know, I won't I won't disagree with that, but I am also going to play again because like you said, I play a lot of I've been playing games a long time and I've played a lot of online games. I'm going to be the cynic a little bit too, and anyone who plays games listen to this, no this is absolutely true. There is a lot of and different some games are worse than other, but there are a lot of toxic people on online games that will just they have no interest in being positive with anybody. You know, they will if they lose at all, they just lose it. They have no patience for any kind of challenge or no humility to not win and even when they're winning yeah. they're sore winners you know just say the nastiest stuff and just it, it can be pretty bad online so you kind of get both extremes yeah. i would think because you definitely get yeah. um you know games that have like clans and guilds and stuff where a group of people join together and uh you know they when you get on you check that list or that group and say hey there's some of my some people on here from my group and those people will work together towards things, or they'll they'll you know form teams and play when, whenever some of them are online. It's like a, a small community of players, and you can bond that way. But then, yeah, there's definitely the flip side of just some of the most toxic. You just think of the worst stuff you see online sometimes, and then put that through coming in your headset, someone screaming it, or <laughs> or just being just being a troll. You know, I mean, I haven't gotten into the online gaming. That's funny because hearing that, I've I've heard a lot of that, and. You know what that made me think of when you said that is some people negative attention is still better than being nobody or being ignored and having no attention. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's like because the internet provides a space for that. Whether it's like trolling or like tweets and stuff like that. It's, yeah. There's always going to be the you know people that go on there for the attention and they're like if I you know if I have to get just like negative attention I'm gonna use certain words or say certain things to people and like trigger them and try to get them all riled up and hey you know. I'm getting all this attention, you know, so it's a win for them. Yeah, and I mean, you can also picture it as, you know, think about Twitter or YouTube comments are a good one. You know, some people that just say the the nastiest stuff 
like just use racial yeah. slurs and just cursing up and down, just saying <laughs> disgusting things because they can and they're anonymous. And people will do that in online gaming too. And it's it, it, it's funny. It can be very frustrating and obnoxious, but it can also be really funny if you just real if you think about what's happening there. So there's definitely both sides, uh, both sides yeah. of the coin there. Excuse me. Well, I have some interesting. Uh, we, we can spin it a little bit here. Um, I have some interesting stats. I actually wrote down. Um, so here, here's some fun stuff. So 5.93, and this is this was from this uh, lady of this talk in 2012. Mm-hmm. But um, 5.93 million years total have been at that point in time had been spent playing the World of Warcraft online. <laughs> I believe it. 5.93 million years ago. Um, the the first you know prime primate human first first standing up. I don't know how to word that exactly, but you know yeah. when it first stood up. Yep. Um, so it's, in scope of time, it's just interesting because if you relate that to evolution, you know how much time we spent playing these games and our mind is evolving through them. Um, you know, it's just even more so accelerating that rate of evolution. And also the second part to this little number. Uh, number squad is um, so there's an average of 10,000 hours uh, for like a typical gamer nowadays um, about 10,000 hours that an individual will have gamed by the age of 21 and what's interesting about the 10,000 hours point is um, it's 10,080 hours that spent in school from 5th grade um, to graduation if you have perfect attendance so it's interesting because there's like almost an exact same number of education or whatever you would call it from the gaming uh, time spent as much as, you know, learning about that kind of stuff as you are learning about stuff in school. And, uh, you know, the, there's a guy, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. He had the outliers. He's had a few awesome books, but one of them was the 10,000 hours. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. But um, he had the theory of success with 10,000 hours with um, – you master 10,000 hours of effortful study by 21, and you become virtuoso at it, you know, be a master. And, you know, with the gaming, you know, nowadays it's like by the time you're 21, you know, you're at 10,000 hours. So anyway, just some fun facts there for you, but it's interesting to um, to see where we're going, evolutionarily speaking, with our minds. And then like, like I said, how much of this is carrying over and leading out into um, how we act out in society, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it is interesting. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But technology, I was uh, heard people talking about, um, you know, in different talks and everything, how the rate of progress in technology, the rate of change and advancement in science and technology has gotten so fast to the point that there's nothing even remotely like it in the history of humans. And we are frankly not equipped. We've never been uh We've never had to evolve quickly and this quickly to this much change, and so we're sure. we still don't exactly know uh, how to process a lot of like social media, the internet, this amount of information, so on and so forth. But um, uh, oh, what was I going to say there? Dang it. Anyways, but yeah, that I, I thought that was pretty uh pretty interesting to think about. You know, especially now that we're getting into virtual reality and all the potential that holds. I mean, God, can you right. imagine being able to be. You know, mostly or, or good Lord, eventually, I'm sure, fully immersed in a virtual reality of our creation. I mean, good Lord, we are not equipped to process that, and the possibilities are staggering. I know. 
I mean, that's that can be taken in a lot of different directions. But one dangerous way that that could play out is think about this: what if you get to the point where experiences cost too much time, too much money, too much physical danger? So you start having virtual vacations, right? Where you mm-hmm. you can literally go on a vacation in virtual reality. Your memory is that it happened, even when you take the, the VR goggles off or whatever. Yeah. And then it's, it becomes a matter of like, what's real anymore? You know what I mean? Like if you remember it as if it were real, it becomes imprinted as a memory. Yep. Therefore, you know. Man, we're uh, getting into total recall territory there. <laughs> yeah, An old Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, that's yeah. that's funny. But oh, and I, I know what the other thing I was going to say. You're talking about the ten thousand hours. Um, I always think that's an interesting concept, and I, I, I you know, try to keep my chel- myself in check on this too as a reality check. You know, we, you and I have talked before about. Um, uh, learned from somebody one time, you know, an interesting saying, which is, uh, "Show me where you spend your time and your money, and I'll show you what's really important to you." Um, exactly. Yeah. Is is a, is a scare. It's on its on its face, like on the surface, it seems like just very like a pithy comment, like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." But when you, if you actually think about it and actually apply it to your, think about it in the context of yourself and apply it to your life and actually try to use it to evaluate yourself, like where do I spend my time and my money? And if you really take yeah. and if you really believe it at that point, it can be really sobering. <laughs> Most people probably don't know. Like if you had to write it out and you look at it and be like, oh my God, that's it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I just thought that was pretty interesting because you know we always talking about like oh I wish I knew how to do this or I wish I could do that or I've always wanted to learn how to do this and it's like man you what you can put the time in the time is there everyone's got the same amount of time it's all just in how we spend it you know there's there's of course factors and resources and opportunities people have available to them based on their status and whatnot but I mean Anyone who really thinks any of those things, like, oh, I wish I knew how to do this, or I want to learn another language, I really wish I knew how to speak Spanish, you know, it's like, all right, well, stop spending your time, you know, watching five movies a day, or binge watching Netflix for six hours, you know, every day, and 12 hours on the weekends, you know, that's a lot of time you could be using doing something else, but again, it's, it's no, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to it, if, if video games is what you like to do, and, you know, that's, high enough on your importance list and you're fine with that, then by all means, spend your time there. You just got to be honest with yourself about it, I think. At least that's what, I, that's what I'm always wrestling with myself about. It's like, am I okay spending this much time doing it? Yeah, because I enjoy it and, you know, I, nothing else that uh, is so important to me, obviously, that I'm going to drop it and go do something else right now. But sometimes you got to do a reality check and you know, yeah. do something a little more productive, I think, at least for myself. Well, another, another thing that's really interesting to me, I don't know how much more time we have. You let me know because we can keep going and going. Um, yeah, just a couple of minutes. Uh, is like streaming, you know what I mean? And the fact that um, people do like the gaming, like streaming online and people watch people streaming and like kind of learn from them. Like yeah. there's an evolutionary leap in all areas of life because of the internet and people being able to YouTube video how to fix this on your car or YouTube video how to... DIY build this table at your house and like there's this whole evolutionary leap I feel like um, and video games aren't excluded where people are able to learn more faster because of other people maybe a little bit farther down the road are able to share and video game streaming is one of those 
um, yeah. is interesting. Yeah. No, definitely. That's one that I think also has evolved so quickly, like Twitch and video game streaming and just streaming channels in general. It's evolved so quickly. We, I mean, it's still so new that it's being, it's constantly changing and even in, in and of itself is evolving like daily almost. And, you know, people are figuring out new things that you can do with it and new things, uh, you know, new ways you can use it and, you know, new ways to share it with people. And, uh, and it's just, I think that's really interesting. And the number of uh, types of channels and way that people use it is multiplied exponentially. I think it's interesting to see where that might go and what, uh, what all that might yield. But, um, well, people I, are doing that in careers probably, right, at this point? Oh, yeah. No, people do that for a living now. I mean, just like you've got YouTubers yeah. that make a living doing YouTube. you got people who make a living doing podcasts. You've absolutely got people, some people that make a great living uh, with Twitch channels uh, and just video <laughs> yeah. game streaming. Because, you know, and, and it's funny. I've heard people say, like, why, you know, it's usually parents or kids or whatever. But why would you want to watch someone else play a video game? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why don't you play a video game? It's, exactly. Well, the, the thing that I realized is like, okay, why would you want to watch someone else play a sport? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, Very good. you could go out, you could go out and get, you know, a little prohibitive, I guess, you know, video games is a little easier to just, you play the game. Uh, although some of them can be really expensive. You may just not have the resources to get that game and that system. And, you know, if it's an expensive computer, but, and, you know, sports a little different, you got to get a team together and stuff, but in all reality, it's it's not very different. It's like, why would you want to watch somebody else partake in this thing that's fun to do? It's like, because it's also fun to watch. It's I mean, it's really that simple. And obviously it is because it's blown up as an industry. Industry People streaming video games, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Well, and when you see someone do something that you haven't done, it's, it's like a part of you has gotten that much closer to doing that thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, to imagine someone going on one of those... Um, I don't know, virtual reality, virtual reality rides, you know, it's like you kind of imagine, it, oh, I've heard of this thing. But once you go on the thing or you experience the thing, it becomes like a whole new um, experience, you know. And like yeah. seeing something and having someone else's like reaction to it, um, the, the whole body language and everything, there's a lot of that. I, I feel like there's got to be something connected with uh, like mimic neurons, you know, in our brain where we are learning from other people always learning. Okay. He did that. He made the space or, Oh, that seemed fun. Your brain is kind of like programming it. So now it's like a file that started of got something we're going to do, you know? Yeah. And heck I'd say even just the allure of uh, people watching, which is always fun to do, but uh, yes. all right. Well, Hey man, it's been a blast. I think we've had a, I think that's been a pretty awesome talk. I don't know about you, but I definitely, I actually learned a lot. I appreciate you sharing a lot of that stuff. It was really interesting. Yeah, uh, Man, seriously, doing the research that was cool. Yeah, but uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of uh, needing to spend some of your time a little more productively, not that this hasn't been productive, but I do believe the missus is waiting on me so that we can uh, go to the gym and try not to be. Uh, you know, she's trying to keep me from being an unhealthy slob. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to wrap it up. Say what? So I was keeping that balance. Oh you know? yeah, gotta gotta try to keep that balance. But all right, man. Well, it's been, again, great having you. Um, thanks for listening, guys. It's been another great episode of uh, Crazy Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope to see you again next time. And, uh, Chad, thanks again, man. Thanks, thanks for being here. Great having you. My pleasure. All right. Well, hey, guys, we'll see you next time. Take, it, take care. Peace.